And these things are written that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that by believing, we would have life in his name. We just got done singing a song called God of Wonders and we reflected on his majesty and, and alleluia and, and we heard some amazing things that happened in the scriptures. Every account even from the Acts of the Apostles being freed from a prison uh, to Jesus passing through locked doors uh, into the presence of the disciples. Today what we're going to do is we're going to take God up on his invitation that he gives to us every weekend to just be in awe and in wonder of his majesty, to be in, in awe and in wonder of his mercy and his grace and his compassion for his people. And, I, and I'm gonna selfishly admit that after a weekend like we had last weekend when there were 800 people in here and people along the back and, and people just soaking in the, the truth of the resurrection and to see so many empty seats today, my heart breaks a little bit for them that aren't here. Because God invites all of us to be in a place like this. He invites us to just wonder at him. To wonder at his goodness and his grace. And also to receive some pretty amazing gifts of forgiveness of sins through his body and blood and communion that we're going to have in just a little bit. So today, I'm going to take you on a little journey uh, inviting you to wonder at a handful of things in scriptures. It's going to feel like we're bouncing around, but I have a point at the end that I'd like to make. So first of all, let's, let's go back to last week, right, where, where the tomb is empty. And I'm going to ask you have, you, have you ever wished maybe that you were there in the midst of that time just to see everything that happened? I mean, we, we know the story and just to see it unfold the way it really did happen. I mean, that would be cool just to understand it from a maybe clearer picture, right? Like, have you ever asked yourself why was the stone rolled away? You know, I, I think a lot of us think, well, the stone was rolled away so that Jesus could come out and say, hey, guys, right? Or, but that's not why the stone was rolled away. And how do I know that? Because in Scripture, it's written down four different times that the tombstone was, was rolled away, but Matthew actually lays it out very specifically, uh, and, and he says it this way. He says, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Behold, there was a great earthquake, and an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone, and then sat on it. If Jesus was in the tomb, there's no way that angel would be sitting, right? Hey, Lord, how you doing? Uh-uh. Jesus was not there. He rose from the dead, took up his exalted state, and was able to pass through even a sealed tomb, even though he had full body, his divine nature taking over. He's able to do things that are beyond bounds. He's able to do things that are beyond the laws of physics. And it takes faith for us to believe. He's able to rise from the dead. He's able to pass through things. And you're just like, wow, it would be so cool to see that. But then why is the tombstone rolled away? It's for our behalf. 
is so that when the eyewitnesses would see Jesus, they could go and, and see, yeah, indeed, that tomb is empty, and, and that is Jesus, and, and, and they even get to touch him and feel him, and, and, and even Thomas goes, I'm not going to believe unless I see him and touch him. And Jesus says, blessed are those who have not yet seen and yet believe. And he's talking about you and he's talking about me and every generation that comes after that resurrection account. And he works faith in that heart and that's just a wonder for us to just hold on to. This faith that God puts in, we believe some pretty weird stuff that just escapes human reason. But we take God's word as, as, as true and, and, and right and, and infallible and correct and, and the power of the Holy Spirit helps us hold on in faith uh, to the things that we do not understand as human beings. But we know we have a good and gracious God that's in and amongst us all and will see us through all of life's challenges. There's another story that we heard that, that Ms. Mueller read from Acts, right? Acts chapter five. So this is several months after the resurrection. The, the disciples had already been given the Holy Spirit. Pentecost had already happened, right? So they're out doing some, some ministry amongst the people. And, and if you picked up in the story the, the things that are happening, it's pretty cool. And it would have been great to be there to see that even, right? They have people who are sick, that they believe that if they can just lie them in the street and, and just let the shadow, see I see my shadow right here passing by, if they can just let the shadow of Peter touch their sick family member, then that person's gonna be healed. A shadow healing. They're, they're sick and all of a sudden the shadow crosses over them and they're getting up and they're healthy. I mean, just mind-blowing stuff and things that we can wonder about. And does that really happen? Yeah, God's word said it did. But the religious uppity-ups could not stand that this kind of healing was happening and this power was given to regular, ordinary folks. And so they had them arrested and thrown in prison. And God would not stand that either. He had an angel come, unlock a gate, even under guard, the disciples were able to pass by. And if you continue reading on in Acts, you find out that they're out in the temple courtyards proclaiming all the goodness of Jesus. The religious uppity-ups are like, what? I thought they were arrested. And, and they run back to the prison to see if they were there. And the guards are still there like this, you know. And they look and, wait a minute, they're not in, the, they're not in jail? Somehow, way, God and that angel blinded those guards from seeing the disciples pass through in their midst and they were able to go out and do the work that God had done. Does that kind of thing happen? Apparently it does in scripture. Signs and wonders, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God and that by believing we have life in his name. Can this kind of thing happen even today? I mean, do miracles happen? Does God answer prayer? Yeah, he does. And do miracles happen? Yes, they do. I mean, we see it on a regular basis, or at least some of us have the opportunity to see it. And I'm gonna share a story with you, not to say, look what happens when you believe, but just to get you to wonder, can God do that? Does God care that much? When I was studying to be a pastor, my vicarage, my internship was over at Covenant Hospital. I was studying to be a chaplain Right? And so five days a week I was working the hospital floors and, and occasionally one of the responsibilities that I had was to um, work a night shift. 
So from Friday night into Saturday morning, uh, there would only be one spiritual care provider and, and, and it would be me on occasion where I was there for the entire hospital to meet the spiritual needs of the people that were there. And one day I, I received a phone call to go to the ICU because the family had just lost a loved one. And so let's just say grandpa died. Okay. And I'm in there trying to do my best to just minister and be present for this family that's hurting. And then I find out in the midst of all of this that the grandchildren that are there, this is the first time that they'd ever experienced this kind of a loss. They didn't understand it. Grandpa wasn't coming back and, and, and they were hurting and, and they didn't just, they were experiencing grief. And so we're just kind of talking and then I get up to excuse myself and, and one of the grandchildren, she goes, um, the soda machine ate my dollar. And I'm like just broken, right? I'm like, can anything go right for this little girl tonight? I mean, even, in, she just lost her grandpa and a stinking soda machine steals her dollar, right? She just wants a little bit of comfort, something that she can understand and hold on to, just something to help her get through this time she's confused in. And I'm like, is there anything we can do? And, and it dawned on me, hey, we got a fridge in the pastoral care office, right? You've been wondering about this thing the whole time, haven't you? <laughs> I told you I was gonna invite you to wonder today, right? So I'm going back to the pastoral care office feeling pretty good. What would you like to drink? Um, I wanted a cherry Coke. All right, let me go see. I can't make any promises, but let me go see. So I go back to that pastoral care office and I open it up and I pull out, oh yeah, there's a Coke, there's a Coke, there's a Sprite, and there's a doggone Dr. Pepper. And that's it. No cherry Coke. Shucks. I really just wanted to, to do that. I thought it would have been cool if I could give her a cherry Coke. Sure, I can give her one of these, and, and I'm sure it w would meet a, a need. And, and I'm like, all right. But I'm not ready to quite give up just yet. I'm No way I'm going to put money in that soda machine that steals your dollar. Mostly because I don't have any cash in my pocket at the time. The cafeteria is closed because it's the night shift. And I'm wandering around just wondering what I can do. And the whole time I'm praying, I'm all, Lord, this little girl just, just needs a little bit of comfort and, and I don't know, it would just be, it'd just be great if we can just meet this request and, and how cool would it be if, if I could just give her a cherry Coke. And so I, I got this nudge, this impulse to go back and check the fridge. Now, now, do you do this at home? You're looking for something in the fridge. You know there's nothing. It, it's not changed, right? But you go, is there any chocolate in there? Nope, still no chocolate, right? I mean, you, so I'm going back to this fridge. <laughs> and uh, wouldn't you know it? There is a Coke a Coke, a Sprite, and a Cherry Coke, and the Dr. Pepper's gone. I can't explain it. There was no one else in the office at the time. Did God somehow prevent my eyes from, from seeing the reality of this being really a Cherry Coke the whole time, and, and he knew what was going to happen, so he blinded me to the fact that this was a Cherry Coke? Or did he change Dr. Pepper into Cherry Coke? I, I don't know. Can he do that kind of stuff? Absolutely, he's God. 
But the point of this whole story is that God saw fit to answer that particular prayer and I was able to hand that little girl who was grieving a a cherry Coke and meet that need in the moment. A little gift of love. How cool is that, huh? Yeah. Have you ever had those kind of moments when things seem dark and you just wonder if God even sees you or cares? And then all of a sudden he just shows up in little moments like that. You know, a mom that lost her son. Maybe Mother's Day is coming and the, or a holiday like we just had happened and, and she's just really just grieving. And so she's out driving, reflecting on the missing of her son and, and uh, she sees a, a sign on the billboard that says, I love you, Mom. Right? That little message maybe from God saying, hey, your boy's okay. He's with me. Just those little moments. Have you ever experienced any of those things? Have you ever just wondered, is that God? Right? We want to lean into the Holy Spirit to discern that, but, but we know that God does indeed see us and he cares for us, right? Now, there are, there are some of us that have never had that, that we've never heard an, an audible voice or we've never had uh, a miracle moment like that, and, and, and some of us might be tempted to go, well, maybe my faith is broken, but that doesn't, that's not it at all, right? God chooses to work when and where he wants, and sometimes we get those little miracle moments and sometimes we don't, but... But when we do, we can just celebrate. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. But, but what do we all have to hold on to? What promise do we have that we can be in awe and wonder of every day? I'd like for you to look at the cross. And I'd like for you to understand something that we read in the baptismal liturgy. That you and I would be lost forever unless there was a way we are delivered from sin, death, and condemnation. And in that baptismal liturgy, we also hear some beautiful words that that God gives us his robe of righteousness. And so there's this exchange that takes place. Not a sugary kind of exchange from one pop to another. No, this this amazing, gut-wrenching, we-needed exchange. You see, God takes on our sin and shame and he gives us his faithfulness, obedience, and righteousness. And that exchange is for everybody and it takes place ordinarily in our baptism and then we grow up in the faith knowing more and more about Jesus until ultimately we're in his presence, right? But there's this great exchange that takes place and that's true for every Christian. It's yours right now. When God sees you, he doesn't see your sin and shame, he sees what Jesus did for you. He sees that given for you. This gift of love that more than just a sugary little bit of comfort. It's everything, right? And then he gives us this promise in the resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It, it goes like this. It says, Christ has been raised from the dead and the first fruits of those that have fallen asleep. For as by man came death, but also by a man the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, also in Christ all shall be made alive. There's a very good chance that you and I at some point in our lifetime will experience our last breath on this side of paradise. Most likely we'll be laid in a tomb buried under six feet of dirt surrounded by a concrete vault in a wooden box. And God is telling us not even that will keep Jesus from raising us from the dead. Our tombs will be open, but it's not for our sake 
that he's doing that. He's going to reunite us body and soul and we're going to be imperfect, we're going to be perfect and immortal and, and then just have all of that. But those empty tombs are going to declare God's glory. Those empty tombs are going to say death has been defeated and, and the devil is done and, and there's nothing that's going to hold us anymore. And you and I are going to reap the benefits, yes, but it isn't for our sake. It's, it's so that God's name and can be glorified. And that's the promise that we all have. All will be made alive in Christ Jesus. That's your promise today. And Jesus tells you, blessed are those that have not yet seen, and yet they believe. And by believing, we have life in his name. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go live in light of that promise.